In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about big deals, TM, getting a shrivelin', being back at school, and touching penises in our discussion of the Indigo Spell by Rochelle Mead. Hey, everybody. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Miranda. And I'm Claire. And today we're going to discuss The Indigo Spell by Rochelle Mead. Standard disclaimer. If you haven't read this book, please remember that Fictional Hangover is all about spoilers. If you haven't read or listened and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read or listen to the book. Then come back. If you haven't done this but want to pretend that you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you just like us so much that you don't care about any of that, then listen up. That's quite sedate. I know. I'm toning it down. I'm toning it down for the end of season three. Again, <laughs> that nobody knows and or cares about. Except for us. What's it going to be like for the beginning of season four, though? Is it going to be multilingual? It could be. Who knows? Who is one of the languages knows? going to be swears? Yes. Mm. One of the language, one of the languages is going to be swears. Cool. One is going to be pig Latin, and the the third is pirate. Oh. Yes, I'm fluent pirate. Can we have ennui as well? Ooh, yes, yes. Perfect. I feel like we always have ennui, though, don't we? There's always undertones. <laughs> I think it depends on the book, doesn't it? It's true. Yeah. We're talking about vampires. It ain't ennui this week. No. <laughs> oh, we... <laughs> um, right, none of that. No of more. That. Completely what? sensible now. Yes, we are. It's Vampire Academy Day. Yay! Yay! Yay for Vampire Academy Day. It's a good day. No, I was I was thinking about the the book themes for next year. Mm-hmm. And we don't have a vampire theme in yet, and it needs to be mm, done. Yes, I'm already I'm already missing our monthly vampire conversation. I know. So, if we're not going to cover a full vampire series across a year, which this has been one of the most delightful discussion experiences ever. Right? I love it. I'm going to miss it. I'm, yes. Then we need to at least have one month where it's vampire themed. I really don't think that would be difficult. No, it would be difficult to keep it at one I was, month. I was going to say that's the only problem is that it's only one month. We might have to do October Halloween, like a Halloween month of vampires. We could, yeah. We should think about that. It's either that or we do our birthday months as vampires, so we get then all we get, the Yeah, and then we get two months worth of vampires. And then because we love Halloween so much, we'll have to do October. Well, then we, and why leave September out? No. Because then it's just this weird month in the middle. Right, so, so we just do August to November. And then, I yeah. mean, there's only December left, so we might as well, so just, well just... Complete the year... Uh, might as well just have all year, all vampires, all the time. <laughs> Sold! You've convinced me! <laughs> the, the sad thing is, I mean, I guess it's not sad, it's fantastic, but we could totally do that. <laughs> we could. 
we probably shouldn't. We should probably talk about other things. Probably. Probably. We have been threatening and or promising, so yeah. 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 Maybe we Anywho, should just... Shall we... No. Yeah? I have one more thing to say about yes. the year of the vampire. Maybe I'm we happy should... to keep going. Yes. Maybe we should just have a spin-off podcast that's, that's we what I was only talk thinking. about vampires all the time. I was thinking that, but I thought, no, that's far too much pressure to put on So, us. yeah, it's so, it's so much, it's so much. Okay. If we did that, I would insist on it being basically a YouTube channel video and no editing, just us. No live. editing, just us talking just about us vampires. Just us live, that's it. If you want it, it's on YouTube, there you go. <laughs> And we just talk only you know, vampires all the time. But see, if we did yes. that, then we could move on to movies and exactly. TV shows. Exactly. And the fictional hangover logo could just have little fangs. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. We're not... Nobody think that we're actually doing that, okay? That's a lot. Unless somebody's going to sponsor us. Right. Give us money and we'll do it. Yeah. We'll do a lot of things for money. That doesn't sound good. Don't say that out loud. No. We'll do a lot of book-related things for money. High-class book-related things for Yes. Money. Yes. Not at all inappropriate book-related <laughs> high-class things for money. Within set boundaries and limitations. Stop it. Don't break it's too, it's too much. It's too much. Just stop. Let's just stop saying all of those words right now. So let's talk about yes. What? Spells. Yikes! Um, yikes. So I read some background info because that's yes. that's what we do. That's how we actually start this podcast. I don't know yes. if you've ever taken part in it before. No, this is my first time for, for two solid years, and then this is the end of our third year of podcasting, which is outrageous to me. So I read an interview. I found it on usatoday.com. I know. Exploding, exploding minds. Um, Rochelle Mead was asked, how many books are going to be in Bloodlines? Are there any other offshoots in the Vampire Academy world planned? Okay. This interview is from 2013. Okay. Okay. And her response is, the Bloodline series will have six books in it, just like the first Vampire Academy series did. I'll most certainly be doing something else Vampire Academy related once I finish Bloodlines. But I haven't decided yet. Okay? So that's really exciting. But who knows? Because, I mean, that a lot of time has passed. But then this sentence makes my brain work. I'm considering a few different things, and you can be sure I'm already seeding them into the current series. You know when we come up with our fanfic and go completely stupid, and we think we're being completely stupid, mm-hmm. but we pick up on the smallest little details, we and really that's do. what we go with. Mm-hmm. Are we secretly writing them for her? We might be. I hope she's listening. That'd be wonderful. She's probably not listening. Look, she's probably really busy right now. So, well, that that's probably true as well. But you know, if we if we do any of this for any book, any at all, and we've done this a lot, I'm quite happy for our ideas to be used. Yeah, and credited. Yes, I was going to say, but little... not Burgold. No, 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 no. Just a line of acknowledgement. Yeah, 
Yeah, that would be one really day. Good. One day. One day. It will say fictional hangover and the acknowledgements. One day. Or it will say Amanda and Claire. One day. We got really close with a Jackson Ford. There was one. There was mm. one line in an acknowledgement by Jackson Ford, but it mentioned podcasts. Yeah. And I swear, if he wasn't talking about us, he's going to have to we do it We were lumped in, in but that's the problem. Lumped in. Yeah. I would like to be cited. Yes. And not have to just be doing it myself. Right. Yes. Can we please get started? Yes. I've been waiting for what? How long have we been recording? I don't know. A hundred hours. <laughs> Do we need to do initial initial thoughts just so you can sing the same thing? You need to sing it. Everybody, Everybody's expecting it. Yes, okay. Adrian! That's what it is. That's what it is every time. Adrian! Right, summary. Summary. Okay. Sydney Sage slash Melrose slash Melbourne has just been called from her bed in the wee hours of the morning to assist her history teacher slash mentor slash witch <laughs> Miss Twilliger with a scrying spell. Sydney has done one before, recently, to find kidnapped Sonia Carp, but this one is different. Namely, because the caster has to be a virgin. Step up, Sydney! (laughs) (laughs) Who do I know in Palm Springs who's a virgin? (laughs) Who is it? It's Sydney. In the desert, in the middle of the night, Sydney prepares to scry to find Ms. Terwilliger's older sister. Sydney sees a Victorian bed and breakfast in the suburbs of L.A., but can't get any closer than that. So, she'll have to research and find the specific location. Apparently, this is a life-or-death situation. Or it will be, soon. Sydney is an alchemist, is still not a fan of using magic, but you know what? It's saved her and those she cares about before, so she's getting more used to it. And speaking of those she cares about, Sydney is struggling with Adrian since he professed his love for her at the end of book two. <laughs> but that can never be. Vampires and humans do not mix. Sydney sure does think about Adrian a lot, though, especially considering she told him she doesn't like him like that. Sure, Sydney. We all believe that. 100%. No. Not even close. No. Not even a little bit. No. The next day, after school, Sydney is flying solo to a Maroi wedding. Jill is bummed that she can't go, but since she's in hiding from Maroi who wants her dead to dethrone her half-sister, it's obvious why she can't attend. She's been a little surly with Sydney anyway on account of the spurned affections she's getting through the spirit bond she shares with Adrian. When Sydney gets to the airport, she learns that her seat on the plane has been given to someone else and she's bumped to a different flight. Son of a bitch. <sighs> but also first class. Okay, that's not so bad. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, who just so happens to be her seatmate? Who is it? Is it oh. is it sexy vampire? Sexy vampire Adrian Ivashkov? Please tell me. Oh yes. Sexy vampire. Oh yes, it's the sexy vampire Adrian Ivashkov. <laughs> Adrian! Adrian When they finally talk about their awkward situation. Adrian declares he still loves her and is going to continue to love her no matter what. 
maybe someday I shall love him too. He's half sure she loves him a little bit already. And he's right. He's right, everyone. If you haven't picked up on it, where have you been? <laughs> Still reading Vampire Academy. <laughs> Sydney and Adrian part ways after the flight. Sydney to a small bed and breakfast, and Adrian to a fancy hotel. Sydney is met by Stanton, her alchemist boss, and Ian, another alchemist with a crush on Sydney, who we've briefly seen before. Do you remember way back when the Maroi were, uh, you know, holding them prisoner during that time that everyone thought Rose murdered Queen Tatiana? Everybody remember that? Yeah, it was really, really creepy. It was. It was. Yeah. So those two alchemists have been invited to Sonia and Mikhail's wedding in an effort to be more diplomatic and to bridge the gap between Maroi and alchemists. Sydney's there for the same reason as far as everyone else knows, but we know it's because she's friends with Sonia. She's there for the party. Yeah. Sydney loves parties. Oh, tell her. And the wedding is... Obviously lovely. And so is the reception. But Sydney is stuck with the alchemists and forced to pretend she hates everything going on around her. Which sucks. She takes this time to ask Stanton if she ever found out anything about Marcus. She says no. But Sydney can tell she's lying. Mm. Ian um, flirts. Shall we call it flirting? I guess. It's being kind. Flirts with a question mark? (laughs) Ian flirts with her and asks her to visit him at his new work assignment in St. Louis. It's just so romantic. It is. Come come see me at work, okay? (laughs) I'm really important. They really like me. I fetch the coffee and everything. Sydney feigns interest, but it's too bad. Alchemists really can't take any vacation, so... Shrug. Then Adrian asks her to dance. Diplomatically, of course. Of course. Of course. She feels swoony about this. As do we. Yes, we do. But has to pretend she doesn't. Mm. While they dance, Adrian asks about Marcus too and then suggests that Sydney used the scrying spell she did when she tried to find Miss Twilliger's sister. That's genius. It is indeed. They sneak out of the reception and perform the spell, and it works. And even better, Adrian knows pretty much exactly where he is. Aww, Adrian. You're so smart. (laughs) Back at school, Sydney asks a local history teacher for help finding Veronica's neighborhood, and then visits Miss Twilliger, who gives her a magic concealing amulet. She reveals that her sister sucks the magical life force from young people, making them shrivel and age. And a powerful young witch would be especially appealing. Which, you know, whether she likes it or not, that's exactly what Sydney is. Bloody hell, man. <laughs> Sydney needs to hunt her down before any other young women get shriveled. Don't want to be shriveled. I do not want to have a shriveling. I do not. No, I do not want to take part in a shriveling. Hmm. <laughs> Imagine how much moisturizer you'd need. Ugh. So much. 
Before she begins to track down Veronica, Sydney finds Marcus and a girl she recognises from the Warriors of Light. Sydney uses a charm to break inside Marcus's apartment and they all fight. <laughs> Sydney uses a charm that makes semi-noxious fumes and pins Marcus to the floor, but he does get in one good punch to Sydney's face first. They finally stop fighting and realise they're on the same side and that Sydney is not looking for Marcus to turn him into the alchemists, but to get information about them. He agrees to tell her stuff, but not all at once because she has to prove herself. She takes Marcus to Adrian for healing, which is cool for Marcus because he's never met a spirit user before. He tells her about breaking the alchemist's tattoos, but doesn't really explain what that is, but assumes that's why she found him. They plan to talk more later. Before leaving, Sydney lets Adrian use his spirit to heal her punched face, which is a big deal, TM. Big deal. That is huge. It's in all caps. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big Please deal. Please see previous summaries of Sydney wigging out. Yes. Sydney freaking the F out about magic use on her person and by her person and with her person and on her person. Or just in person. general. Yes. <laughs> also that. At a golf course. Half a mile away. Yes. Don't do it. No magic. Don't do it. No, no. 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 But now. But now. It's magic all over the place. Back at school the next day, Sydney is awoken early by Angeline, who needs a math tutor. Oh my God, Angeline. I love her so much. She's barely scraping by in her classes and needs help, or she'll get expelled. We can't have that. Sydney is too busy with hiding Jill, finding Marcus, and stopping a soul-sucking witch to help, so she ends up getting Trey to tutor her. That might be awkward since, you know, he's a disgraced warrior of light who has been taught, you know, like the alchemist, to dislike vampires and dumpiers, but maybe it'll be okay. Even if Trey has an opposing viewpoint, he and Sydney are still friends. Hmm. Hmm. Ms. Twilliger gives Sydney a list of girls her sister might seek out and makes warning them of Veronica, her independent study project for a while. But she must take Adrian and have him use his spirit magic to mask her appearance. Shucks. Shucks. Darn. Oh, man. I gotta take Adrian. Ugh. Mm. Fixed on foot on floor. That evening, she and Adrian take off, first to find Veronica and then track down one of the girls from the list. They find the Victorian bed and breakfast that Sydney saw when scrying and take a tour of the establishment pretending to be a couple in order to stake out the place, which involves (laughs) Jet Steel. I love Jet Steel. Calling Taylor cutesy names that make Sydney uncomfortable but also do not at the same time <laughs> so funny. I love everything about this interaction right here <laughs> it's hilarious they mention their friend Veronica but the quirky bejeweled girl at the desk Alicia says they apparently just missed her oh, darn it shucks 
Shucks. The, that bed and breakfast is the weirdest place. Why? Not be saying so, that. It is it's so weird. Wrong. Guys, if you haven't listened or read this book, there's a bunny room at this bed and breakfast. Everything's really weird. There's a room that's like all velvet. There's a room that's all bunnies. It's really Do you know weird. what the bunny room in my mind? Was the Animal Crossing Easter stuff. Ew. If you put all of that into a room and made it into the bunny room, uh-uh. that was what is in my mind. No, I do not like the bunny room. No, thank you. No, no. No. No, ma'am. Mm-mm. No, ma'am. No. After leaving this terrible place, they move <laughs> on. screaming. Yes. Ooh. They move on to the list of girls and find the first one who is violently opposed to joining any covens. And she can't believe that they would come to her door. They try to explain what's going on, but she's skeptical, and then tries to pepper spray Adrian. <laughs> but Sydney jumps in front of him, and then uses magic to protect him. Oh my god. I don't like you like that, Adrian. Big deal, TM. Big deal. Huge deal. The girl, Wendy, takes their information and will hopefully follow it, so as to not get shriveled. Don't get shriveled. Nobody wants a shriveling. Nobody wants a shriveling. Sydney meets with Miss Twilliger to update her on missing Veronica. She does a really powerful scrying spell to track her sister, but it doesn't work. So she sends Sydney out to protect the other girls, reminding her to protect herself as well. After this, Sydney meets with Marcus again at an arcade. They play ski ball and talk more about why <laughs> the ski ball thing. Sorry, I know. They play so ski ball and talk more about why he left the alchemists because he made friends with a Maroi and started questioning his superiors. He found out they were working with the Warriors of Light and keep a Maroi prisoner, and that they control them with the tattoos. So he ran. And if Sydney wants to find out about breaking the tattoos, she has to go on a mission and meet others who have left. That Ooh. is a whole lot of skee-ball information to find out. Yeah. I didn't realise you could get that much information while playing skee-ball. I mean, you can get some good information whilst playing skee-ball, but... Yeah. That's a lot. I said this was pool-worthy information, not skee-ball-worthy Ooh. information. Yeah. Skee-ball is clearly very important. <laughs> Back at school... How many ta- how many paragraphs have we st- have I started with back to school? It's it's my about turn. Every third. Well, it's every other one from. I mean, that's because that's what they do. They leave the school, do something, go back to the school, do something else. I know you have all. It seems like you have all the outside stuff, and I have all the stuff at school. <laughs> it has happened before to us when we were doing Vampire Academy. Back in I'm our sure room. It has. Do you remember? Does everyone remember <laughs> that I kept saying back in her room? Back in her room. I think it happens pretty much. Oh no, no, it happens no, it a was, lot. It was um, that back in her room. That was the selection over and over and over and over and over again. Back in her oh, room. God, that was so funny. Back in her room. That was so funny. I've just accidentally guess where it she's again. not. <laughs> the dining hall. She's not in the dining hall. She's in her room. She's back in the room. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> God, go and check out the the selection if you haven't already, and you yes. don't edit this out, or you do edit this out. Just check it out. Yeah, really. Oh my gosh, and there's t-shirts that go along with with that set and everything. Okay. Can I also say not the first 
selection episode. Correct. Second the second, episode. the selection again. Yes. Because the first one was like, what, episode two? And there was no conversation in that one. It was, they were like eight minutes long and they were, anyway, back at school, <laughs> Sydney has more Angeline troubles to deal with. Come on, Angeline. She nearly gave Trey a concussion when she hit him in the head with an algebra book. <laughs> oh, Angeline, you can be so relied on for these things. I know, I love it. I love her antics. So Angeline doesn't get expelled. Eddie says that they were playing around, throwing a book, and Trey accidentally got hurt. So, you know, Eddie gets detention instead. And look, Eddie is such a good guy. Because you remember they're, like, dating in secret because they're cousins, but they're not really cousins. He's such a good guy. He's really taking care. That's so convoluted. I know. The cousins, when they're not cousins, so they're secret dating because they're not really cousins. Right. they are cousins. Yeah. But he's such a good guy for taking the blame for hitting Trey in the head with an algebra book. He is. That's really, it's so much better than Angeline getting kicked out of school because we need Angeline to keep Jill safe. Do we... You've got to have Angeline. We have to have Angeline at least for comic relief. I was going to say, we're having, I'm keeping Angeline for the comic relief and the antics. I'm not keeping yeah. her to kill Jill, keeps Jill safe. No, no. Whatever's on that road. <laughs> no. Okay. So later, Adrian and Sydney try to track down more girls. But when Sydney goes to meet Adrian, he tells her that the Mustang and other cars' tires in his parking lot were slashed. <gasps> the Mustang! Oh no! The sweet, sweet baby! Oh, Why? No. Why? So they wait Why? around. Why? <laughs> they wait around for police and a tow truck, and then finally they drive to a college campus where they hope to find one of those pre shriveled girls. They find her dorm, but apparently they just missed the girl, Lynn. So they go to a nearby party, thinking that she could be there, or at least they'll be close enough to check back in later. Sydney's going to a party, you guys. Every everything in this book is a big deal, TM. They spend the party painting t-shirts, including, but not limited to, the skeleton pirate riding a motorcycle with throwing stars and a necktie, added by Sydney. But things heat up when Adrian paints a shirt for Sydney with a fiery heart in it, telling her she's his light in the darkness. Oh my god! Swoon! Adrian! (laughs) I'm swooning too much to sing his name that time, I'm sorry. She's literally fallen on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) They start making out, but stop abruptly when someone runs in yelling about poor Lynn, who was found in the auditorium, aged and shriveled. Oh no. A shriveling. (laughs) Shriveling. I missed her. Dang it. Dang it. (sighs) Hot sexy t-shirts and smooching and someone gets a shrivel. Dude. Shrivel. She was sacrificed for the greater good. Shrivel I'm sorry. them all up. I'm sorry. Sorry, Lynn. Sh- she was, you were sacrificed Mm-mm. for the greater good. Shriveler. They talk to police and overhear them talking about a witness who can't recall anything at all about the girl Lynn was with. Sounds like magic use to me. Oh, magic use. What is going on? That's a shock. The next day, Sydney and Eddie meet up with Marcus. 
and learn more about breaking the tattoo's compulsion and tattooing over them so they can't be repaired. If they do get repaired or touched up, it's just so the alchemists can tighten their control and then send them to re-education. Nobody wants that. No. Some other alchemists are there learning too, and they have already gone on their missions to prove that they're ready. Sydney gets her mission too. It involves going to the alchemist facility in St. Louis and retrieving video files of those who have visited the compound. They're looking for evidence that the leader of the Warriors of Light has been there. Marcus has received word that the Warriors heard about a missing Maroi girl and that if they find her, they can really do damage in the Maroi court. Oh, shit. Yeah. They're talking about Jill. Yeah. Sydney and Eddie don't let on that they know who the Warriors are looking for, but they're certain they have to stop them. But how is Sydney going to get to that facility? Let me think. <gasps> oh, gosh, it's Ian. Dang it. And she's already formulating a plan. Dang it. <laughs> Ms. Twilliger is adamant that Sydney is able to protect herself after learning about the second shriveling. They go out to the desert to practice, and Adrian tags along. On the long drive, Sydney thinks about kissing Adrian. She's thinking about kissing Adrian the entire bloody She's book. She's always thinking about kissing Adrian. And so are we. All the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Never stop thinking about kissing Adrian. Well, she's also thinking about other things she'd like to do with Adrian. Maybe something more than just kissing. Okay, that's fine too. You can think about that as well. But she can't. Because they're vampires! <gasps> yes! Oh, no. Clutch my pearls. We can't do that. Oh, no. Oh, no. But, but, is it her beliefs and feelings making her think that? Or the compulsion in the tattoo? <gasps> hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So when they arrive... Mr. Williger teaches Sydney how to form fireballs from thin air, which is hella cool. Awesome. And then throw them at her opponents. Even better. <laughs> they practice a lot. And Sydney decides it's a lot like ski ball, which she absolutely kicked ass at. She really, really did. The intense magic use really takes a lot out of Sydney and Mr. Williger, so Adrian takes them to a pie shop. Pies and stuff. I want to go to pies and stuff so bad. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> they enjoy dessert and coffee, and Sydney thanks Mr. Williger for all her help. She asks how she can repay her, and Mr. Williger invites her to meet with her coven, the Stell. Only meet, not join. Because mm-hmm. we know how much you hate magic, you, Sydney. Excuse me while I raise a sceptical eyebrow. (laughs) Sydney says she'll think about it. On the way out, Adrian compliments Sydney's abilities when she begins to doubt herself again. Is it the compulsion of the tattoo, though? Probably. 
their conversation moves to them making out. And even Sydney doesn't believe herself when she tells him that they should never kiss again. <laughs> no, we shouldn't no, do this ever don't, again. Don't no, kiss me. Don't, no, don't kiss me. No. Don't do it. No, don't. Don't get me. No. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at school, <laughs> there's more trouble with Angeline. Angeline. Eddie and Jill think she's up to something, but Sydney just doesn't have the time to deal with it. She sees Trier, who asks how much longer he'll have to work with her, and Sydney tells him, not much longer. Hopes and prayers there, love. <laughs> She runs into Marcus, of all people on campus after that, and he gives her the floor plans for the facility she's going to infiltrate. Luckily, she got permission from Stanton to go, so it seems everything is falling nicely into place. Speaking of falling into place, Sydney, or Taylor, then gets a call from Alicia at the bed and breakfast, asking if she and Jet are going to rent a room. (laughs) I love Jet Steel. <laughs> she also lets her know that Veronica checked in again. That's Ooh. excellent. I mean, it's creepy that you're calling and telling people that someone that they might not really know. I'm sure, it's a privacy law. Yeah, or it's not not like a, that. not appropriate at all. But that's awesome. So they're gonna leave immediately, and they're gonna surprise their friend. Oh, hooray! Sydney texts Mister Williger, and she and Adrian head that way. Unfortunately. Alicia let slip to Veronica that she was going to have surprise guests. Damn. Veronica! Are you sure? (laughs) They manage to borrow a key and check out her room, but it looks like she left in a hurry without checking out. Mm. They sit on the bed. Mm -hmm. Sydney worried about what's going to happen next. We're not. Mm. Also, hey, she's sitting on a bed with Adrian. She gets flustered again, and then he gets near enough to kiss her and pulls away. Her necklaces, the golden cross and the protective charm, break away. Oh no. She fixes the charm quickly, and then she asks why Adrian keeps trying to kiss her, even when she says she doesn't want to. Oh, <laughs> Nobody believes you, Sydney. Mm-mm. Nobody. Nobody, even halfway, believes you. No. And Sydney, it's all in your aura, so... Mm, Can't really hide that from Adrian. And Adrian tells her her aura burns for him. And that's whenever he touches her. Which is all the flipping time as all we can tell. They almost make out, but then Alicia comes in and they're bald. Back at school... Sydney tries to distract herself with studying and then falls asleep. She is greeted in her dreams by darkness and a menacing voice telling her she can't hide forever. And then she's strangled awake. (gasps) It seems that Veronica has discovered her. Oh my gosh. Oh snap. Yikes. That ain't good. No. Sydney tells Mr. Williger about the dream, and she suggests that they focus on defensive magic. They plan to meet that night. Mr. Williger also suggests that Sydney get a more traditional form of protection. And Adrian realizes she means a gun. Yeah, why don't you go and get a gun, Sydney? You need to do that. Get a gun. 
You know where they get the gun from? <laughs> so great. They drive out to Wolf's and borrow one from him. <laughs> After Sydney promises that she can use one. <laughs> I love I love Wolf, okay? I know that he, like, only shows up every now and again in the background, but he's fantastic. He's gold. He really, really is. He can do no wrong. I want Wolf's backstory. Oh, I, want, I want it. <gasps> That's what she needs to write. That's what she's writing next. She's writing Wolf. Malachi Wolf. She's... And that's all it's called, just Malachi Wolf. Yep, that's it. Okay, so that night, Sydney is supposed to meet up with Mr. Williger, but it seems Mr. Williger never called to get her out past curfew, which she always, always does. She calls later, upset that Sydney didn't show up, and then she's upset that she forgot to call to give her permission to leave. Poor thing, she's got a lot going on. She does. Sydney doesn't want to go to sleep that night. Afraid that she'll be tracked in her dreams, but, you know, can't really help it. She falls asleep anyway. Instead of being met by Veronica, though, Adrian pulls her into a spirit dream in which they play board games. (laughs) It's a peaceful night for Sydney, even if she loses at Dream Monopoly. Sydney, love, I can give you a list of better board games than Monopoly to play. With Adrian. With Adrian. I mean, at this point, most of them would be naked board games. But yes, yes. you know, I can give you a list. Yeah. Yeah. Anything's better than Monopoly. Monopoly is not a sexy game. <laughs> and Like, can you even play strip Monopoly? Like, how would that even work? Uh, I can think of some rules. It's not easy. You need to layer up a lot. Yeah. And, you know, Monopoly takes a really long time to play. So it would take a really long time to get completely naked. Unless you're playing with Adrian. And then you just take everything off. And flip the table with the board and the pieces go everywhere. What she should just play is Snap. And that's just her standing there going, Snap! And then the claws come off. Yes. Let's play that game. Dream Snap. Anyway. The next day... Sydney sees Eddie, Jill, and Angeline together at breakfast. Do you know where they have breakfast? At At school. school. (laughs) Jill is excited about Micah and some of his friends who apparently have crushes on her joining in her sewing and modelling club. Eddie doesn't like it, though. Mm -hmm. And Angeline isn't even paying attention. She perks up when Trey comes by to talk about math, though. Pointed look at Amanda. Mm. Sydney goes to talk to Mr. Williger, but she doesn't show up for class, which is troubling. Yikes. She's there later for independent study, though, and she gives Sydney ingredients for a protection spell. Look, I'm really worried about her right now. Yeah. She's got a lot of stress and a lot of power use going on at the moment. Yeah, there's a whole lot going on. And she also has to teach classes all day. Exactly. She's working full time, too. And she's a teacher in America, so there's a very good chance she's got a part-time job somewhere as well. Yeah, yeah. Turns out, Ms. Twilliger was absent from her morning classes because Veronica attacked a member of her coven. <gasps> a full-fledged adult witch. Bloody hell. That's frightening. 
Sydney is worried that Veronica is going to come for Mr. Williger, but Mr. Williger really doesn't think that she will. She makes Sydney leave to perform the spell, and she invites Adrian to go along. <laughs> the spell summons a tiny dragon. Yay! <laughs> Who thinks that Sydney and Adrian are its parents? <laughs> Yay! Oh no. <laughs> So good. When Sydney calls Mr. Williger angry, Mr. Williger says, Don't worry, it's not a dragon, it's a demon. Which, of course, <laughs> makes everything worse. That is so much better. <laughs> they have to care for this tiny dragon demon for a year. Teacup dragon demon. I know, I love him, he's so tiny. They have to care for him for a year and a day. But it will sense and protect them from dark magic. I want one. I know, me too. On the way back to school, <laughs> Sydney and Adrian get into an argument about Sydney going off with Marcus to Mexico, which is where they have to go to break her tattoo. It's a silly argument, but they're both upset by it. Later, in a spirit dream, a drunken Adrian apologizes for being upset, and they talk about caring for their dragon. And then they play Monopoly. Oh, man. Stop playing Monopoly. Stop it. Stop it. Stop. It's finally time for Sydney to go to St. Louis to infiltrate the alchemist's facility for Marcus. She takes advice given to her by Adrian for flirting with Ian and dressing more provocatively. And it works very well. She convinces him to take her to the archives the next day and they have dinner and go to the church service. Who else should be there but Sydney's father and younger sister, Zoe? Oh, man. Ooh. They're the worst. Everything is super awkward. <laughs> But Zoe eventually comes around with Sydney again after their last meeting, which was at the start of the series, if you remember, mm. with Ethne insisting she take Zoe's place in this mission. Mm. That did not go well. It didn't. Ian and Jared, Sydney's father, get along well. And at the end of the night, Ian leans in for a goodnight kiss. Nope. nope. No, thank you. Mm -mm. Push him away. Mm -mm. How would that even compare to Adrian? Not, anyway, I mean, come not on. at all. Does not compare. Can't, can't. Speaking of, he visits Sydney in her dreams again to keep Veronica away. Of course, he's so sweet. I love him. I love him so much. He's a cutie <laughs> he pie. Really is. Remember, remember when you used to not like him? You were no, so I didn't wrong. Like him. You were no, so I wrong. I did like him. He just. Was a bit of a creep when he was smelling rose. I mean, come on. Ooh, rose. He has lots of perfumes. I've been smelling you. That's creepy. The next day, Ian takes Sydney to the Alchemist archives. Luckily, he has work to do, so he leaves an enraptured Sydney to explore the stacks. Little does he know that she goes to the bathroom, makes herself invisible, sneaks into the security room, sets off fire, and steals files from the cameras at the entrance to the facility. 
she makes it back to the archives with a flash drive hidden in her bra. And no one is the wiser. (laughs) A short while later, Ian finishes his work and drops Sydney off at the airport. On the flight back, she checks the footage and finds exactly what Marcus said she would find. Master Jameson of the Warriors of Light visiting the facility. He was right. When Stanton said the alchemists and the warriors didn't have anything to do with each other, she was lying. I'm so shocked. The alchemists and the warriors of light are in cahoots. (gasps) Cahoots? Cahoot! Oh my goodness. Sydney meets up with Marcus as soon as possible and tells him and the others, the girl from the warriors and the other two alchemists, everything she learned. They're all surprised, but not at the same time. Marcus breaks Sydney's tattoo by injecting tiny bits of charmed vampire blood into her golden lily. Eventually, the colour in her tattoo will fade to silver, but it'll be covered by the Mexican indigo before then. Except not. Sydney refuses to cover her tattoo. She says she'll be able to do so much more for the cause working from the inside without compulsion. That could be really great for everyone. It really, really could be. Don't get fucking indigo tattooed on your face. Look, I love indigo. It's a beautiful color, but not on your face as a face tattoo. Don't go to Mexico to a dodgy tattooist to then get indigo Mm-mm. tattooed on your face. Don't I think there's it. a lot of life lessons in here. Mm-hmm. A lot. Mm. You can either take them all together or just in part. None of this is a good idea. No. Sydney leaves and immediately calls Stanton, telling her... Liar, liar, pants on fire. Uh, yeah, really. She tells her <laughs> that she found out from her warrior contact, Trey, that the Warriors of Light know about Jill and are planning something. Sydney's very demanding of Stanton, which is not like her in the slightest. Is that because her tattoo is broken? Will Stanton notice? Has she already? Sydney quickly begins to explain about constantly being around vampires and dompiers and how she saw her father at the alchemist ceremony and she's overwhelmed about failing him again. Hopefully, that cover-up will suffice for her drastic change in demeanor. Speaking of drastic demeanor changes, later that night, in a spirit dream with Adrian, they very nearly have sex. Dream (gasps) sex, but sex. (laughs) Seems like her tattoo really is broken. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yep. Something else is going to be broken, too, so... Oh! Snap. No more super special scrying spells for Sydney. <laughs> That's delightful. Look, she's, everything is still intact. She's still a virgin. For now. She's still a virgin. For now. That, that, that's, a, that's quite a, theolo- like a, a philosophical, philosophical question. If you have sex in a spirit dream... Do you lose your virginity? 
I mean, I'm going to say no, but only in like the strictest definitions of what losing your virginity means and having sex actually physically means. That's kind of like a heteronormative kind of (laughs) act though, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It's, um, Mm. it's troubling. Interesting. Anywho, (laughs) she is unfortunately walking from the sexy dream by Jill, who has come in with a some bad news oh no yeah bad news you ain't boning adrian in your dreams anymore that's terrible news (laughs) terrible news angeline good old angeline (laughs) oh angeline she tried to sneak trey into their room and got caught Uh oh no sydney she didn't really want to work on her math Why would she ever even think that? Bless her tiny little naive soul. She's an academic. She and Trey are a thing? A thing? They're a thing. They're a thing. What about Eddie? Oh, Eddie. I don't think he'll care. Jill really wants Sydney to talk to Eddie about it after Angeline breaks the news to him, but, I mean, come on. (laughs) Really, is Sydney the best person to get relationship advice from? Not yet. I mean, she does talk to Trey about it during classes, and while he knows that Sydney, Angeline, Eddie, Jill, and Adrian are really family, he didn't know that Angeline and Eddie were dating, and he feels really terrible about it. He also struggles with the fact that Angeline is a damp Sydney shocks him when she tells him maybe he shouldn't give up on her just because of that. Like, hold on, hold on, Whoa, one second. Big Sydney deal. says what? Big yeah. deal. T M. This tattoo is definitely broken. Definitely broken. Holy cow, broken. Later, Sydney has plans to meet up with Eddie to discuss his side of the Angeline fiasco, but. First, she has to go by Adrian's. She tells him that they're over. Mm. Not because she doesn't want to be with him. Born him. Sorry. Yeah, what? Um, not because she's not attracted to him, but because Jill saw everything with oh, spirit. Ew, ew, bond. ew. No more. No, that's icky. That's icky. Mm. I mean, she's 15. Come on. Mm. Adrian doesn't think that he should have to put his life on hold because of Jill. But Sydney says she's leaving. She's going to go to Mexico to seal the tattoo. So she's leaving for good. So that terribly sad conversation with Adrian over... Sydney meets with Eddie. He's pretty distraught, but Sydney tells him that Jill likes him and maybe they can be a thing now. I hope so. I mean, also not because it's, re- it's weird. Yeah, it's still weird. Can people just not be with Jill right now? No. Please? Maybe someone can be happy at the end of all this, hopefully. Mm. They leave and then Sydney's car explodes. <laughs> Whoa, what? <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, it doesn't exactly explode. It's really close. It's close to exploding. It's actually filled with foam, like the um, fire extinguishers. Mm. So it's 
definitely totaled. R.I.P. Latte. Oh, poor latte. It's filled with cream. It's too much cream in that latte. Oh, that's not how. That's not what you want. Mm. The latte. Mm. But what's with all these vandalisms at the moment? Mm? It's it's curious. Mm. It's curious. It is. As they call the police, Sydney realizes she has Wolf's gun in her glove box. Yikes! So she'd better get that out. And whilst digging through the form, Sydney also finds her cross necklace, which she lost during the bed and breakfast fiasco. Mm. When she touches it, it burns. Yikes. Yeah, this can't be good at all. None of this can be good at all. Uh Uh-uh. Did Veronica use her necklace to trace her? Oh. Speaking of necklaces, Sydney finds another one in her bag, along with a book that she completely forgot about. It was given to her earlier by Mr. Willager. It's another protection charm that looks exactly like the one that quirky Alicia was wearing at the bed and breakfast. Oh no. Alicia must be working with Veronica. <gasps> yeah. Better call Mr. Willager to see what she thinks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mr. Williger doesn't answer. Ooh. So Sydney Ooh. calls Adrian despite their troubled conversation earlier, and they go to her house. When they get there, Mr. Williger and all her cats are nowhere to be found. She has a lot of cats. She does, but none of them are there. You know who is there, though? Veronica? No, not Veronica. What? Alicia. (gasps) Veronica found her and was teaching her. And then... In a shocking turn of events, Alicia shriveled Veronica. Oh my gosh. She that's absorbed a, her powers. That's... She got a shriveling? She oh got a gosh. shriveling. She got a shriveling. She got a shriveling. Sydney sends Adrian off to look for Mr. Williger, and then she and Alicia have an epic battle that ends with Ms. Williger's house on fire. Oh my gosh. Acid gloves. She cannot catch a break. She cannot. There's acid gloves. There's icy stairs. There's fireballs. There's flying razors. It's a serious battle. Sydney's last move, the razors to the face, knocks Alicia down the stairs and into the flaming basement. Adrian comes back. Not having found Ms. Twilliger and carries Sydney out of the flaming house. When they get outside, they follow a cat to the park where they find Ms. Twilliger safe and sound. Yay! You know what they didn't find? Hmm? Alicia's body. Oh no! Oh gosh, oh no. That's not good. No! Sydney decides to leave with Marcus to Mexico after all of this. Jill tries to persuade her to stay, telling her she and Adrian will learn to block each other, and even if they don't, the awkwardness is worth Adrian's and Sydney's happiness. Aww. She's going to have to let go of her need for control. That's 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 big. Going to be tough. It's yeah. a big deal, TM. Jill gives her a letter from Adrian, but she doesn't open it and doesn't listen. She returns Wolf's gun and gets some advice from him as well. 
Don't let Adrian become Silvertooth's son. <laughs> really good advice. Wise words, Wolf. A.K.A. Don't lose your one true love because you think you have more important things to do. Okay, that really is good advice. It is. It's not as snappy as don't become Silvertooth's son. No. But still, it's good. When she gets back to school, about to meet up with Marcus, another dampy arrives. His name is Neil, and he's there in response to Sydney's frantic call to Stanton for help. Well, good. That's great. Yeah. The more people protecting Jill, that's that's brilliant. That's much better. Yeah. It's great, especially since she's, you know, leaving. Mmm. <sighs> Sydney meets up with Marcus, and they head to the train station. But she learns that that's pretty much the end of her helping. They're only going to wait and watch now to see what happens next. That's, uh, it's not Sydney's style. No. She thinks over what Jill and Wolf said and tells Marcus, never mind, she's not going. <laughs> so he gives her his car and then... She finally opens the letter from Adrian. Inside are coordinates for a museum. So she goes there and finds him waiting. That is like the perfect thing for Sydney to like decipher. It's so adorable. They kiss a lot and enjoy a dinner of fondue and then go back to campus. <laughs> Sydney learns she's going to get detention for being back after curfew, even though it is now currently winter break. And then she's asked about her cousin. Oh, God, Angeline. What, what have you done, done now? now? Oh, my gosh. She needs to be put on a leash, she honestly. She really does. Um, but wait. It's not Angeline. It's huh? the other cousin currently in Sydney's room. Uh, who? What? This is inappropriate. What? Sydney goes to her room and finds Zoe. <gasps> freshly tattooed and ready to learn from her big sister, the best alchemist ever who never breaks any rules. Ooh. Oh, crap. This is not awkward at all. But do you know what it is? The end. Ah! No! Cliffhanger! This is a big deal. TM. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we need to take a break. Yeah. We need to take a break. Hi, this is Leah Stuhler, creator and host of YA Book Chat Podcast. If you love reading young adult books and chatting about them with your friends, then head on over to my podcast and take a listen. Each episode, my guests and I chat about a different YA book. We start spoiler-free and then head into our spoiler section where we dive into the mysteries of each book. And we do it with laughs and fun along the way. You can listen to YA Book Chat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcast and now back to the show <laughs> back at school i mean back after the break whoa 
this is this is the end of book three. So, I mean, we're at, so much. Yeah, like what? What can even happen now? There's a great big setup. We have a brand new super evil shriveling villain, and shriveling. And there's all this stuff going on now with the alchemists, and there's everybody's there now, and Adrian and Sydney are a thing. There's just dangling <sighs> threads everywhere. Nothing is coming together yet, apart from hopefully Sydney's bits and Adrian's bits. Yes, they're coming together, but that's not what it looks like when their bits come together. Well, that's a bonus to your video for people to watch. <laughs> Depends what you're doing, really, doesn't it? I don't think Sydney has anything that makes this motion, though. Unless she's doing this with her... I bet she does in her... a toolkit. Or she's just doing it with her own finger because she doesn't understand what to do. With she just starts the... prodding it. She just, she's she do? poking a... supposed to do that? She's poking a BB. Is it supposed to do that? I mean... Do you po- is the wick? <laughs> Hello. Hello. Do you want to play Monopoly? Hello. Let me... I'll let you be the Scotty dog. Let me tap your penis. Let, let me give it a tappy. <laughs> Was not expecting any of that to happen. Um, so what are your standout moments? Can we discuss the open threads that are left? Yes. As long as we do more penis tapping. We'll just tap it all the way up. <laughs> There's your headliner. <laughs> This is visual gold, dear listeners of a podcast. (laughs) She's gone, she's lost. RIP Amanda. We hardly knew ye. I was trying to come back. Oh, I'm crying. (laughs) (laughs) I love it when we have a five minute crying, laughing session. Are you going to snort? Are you going to snort? Are you going to (laughs) snort? No. Dang it. (laughs) There's a bug. Okay. Threads. Mm Mm-hmm. Not penises. No. <laughs> Let's talk about threads. Let's talk about threads. So, we have Zoe there now. Mm-hmm. Goddamn, goddamn. Mm-hmm. Marcus, has he gone to Mexico or are we going to see him back again? Stanton's a big fat liar, 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 pants on fire. Uh-huh. We also have the new alchemist that's turned up Neil. Uh-huh. So all of the openness that they previously enjoyed in their little group mm-hmm. is gone. Yeah. Angeline and Trey's relationship, the warriors of light connection to the alchemists, the warriors of light connection with Trey. Jill and Eddie, Eddie and Jill. Um, also, the Warriors of Light knowing that Jill exists. Yes. 
Ian, he's coming back. He's going to come from Palm Springs visit, isn't he? I mean, come on, it's going to happen in the most inopportune moment. Mm. Sydney and Adrian, we haven't even mentioned them, just, you know, that bit. Just, just their penises touching. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sydney's going to be visiting, joining, Miss Twillage's coven. Mm-hmm. The Shriveling Witch, mm-hmm. which is an awesome concept. Yes. Am I missing anything? Well, also the fact... Okay, so we didn't mention this in summary, but we did mention that Veronica got shriveled, but that Ms. Twilliger is determined to unshrivel her. She's yes, gonna, she, she shriveled, wants, not dead. Yeah, she wants to save her sister. She's currently Imhotep before... He goes after the Americans who opened the sarcophagus. Right, yes. She she needs to collect some eyeballs and a tongue. Mm-hmm. And some other juicy some bits. Juices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Slap some, slap some people up. Yeah. Um, also, Sydney's extreme magic use. She is super powerful. So we need to talk about that as well. That's a... Yeah. Yeah. I think we've got at least 16 threads. At least. Obvious ones open at the moment. Yeah. That's a lot. And we've got... What, what resolution have we got? We've got Adrian and Sydney finally... Finally getting together. Finally realising properly... Yeah. Their feelings for each so other. At least... Sydney fully understanding that the alchemists are not necessarily good people. Yeah. So at least there's that. But we still have three more books to go. I know, that's so much though. And especially when I think in comparison to the Vampire Academy series, which... No, look, the the end of book three of Vampire Academy was when Dimitri was turned into Strigoi. That was a big deal. Oh no, that was a huge deal. But there was a lot... There was a lot fewer threads open, is what I mean. Right, yes, you're right. Book three is huge when it comes to big things happening. And it's perfect. It's the middle of the series. It needs to be there. Yeah. But there were fewer threads and through fewer answers at that point. Yeah. This one, it's just There's all over the place. Yeah. And it's like, how are we going to get all of this resolution in three books? Yeah. With Vampire Academy, I could I could understand it being possible. With this, I'm like, it's just going to be nonstop. Yeah. Well, you can wow. kind of lump some things together. I mean, mm. the alchemists being troublesome. <laughs> That's very, very sanitized way of putting it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that also includes the Warriors of Light, because that's, that's part of that storyline. Mm, true. Sydney um, being a witch. I love that. And I the, adore that. And Adrian. Adrian! Adrian! Okay, let's get into our standout moments. Now we have all of these dangling threads and bashing bits. The battle with Alicia was so cool. Yes. Yes. Sydney is so powerful. And she's not even really that trained. She's not even trying, in my opinion. No, she's doing, like, the bare minimum because she doesn't like to use magic. Big deal TM. Yeah. 
but so also what's it going to be like when she actually puts effort into it right i mean i give her credit she did when it came to protection spells and knowing that she was going to be able to start save or offensive spells when she knew she was going to start saving people and helping people right and like she she realized at that point she jumped in front of adrian with the pepper spray yeah and like threw out a spell that was that was big deal big deal at the end there's a lot of preparation in the spells as well, and I think Sydney could be so powerful that she the, the preparation would be minimal for her. Yeah. Which which of the um, well, no, I guess maybe we should save that. Maybe that'll come up later. And would you rather? I was going to ask which of the which of those spells during the battle thing that happened, like, did you think was the coolest? <sighs> Just the entire thing was cinematic, really. Yeah. It was. It's really satisfying in these type of books. What do you think? Uh, they've got a horrible perception of being this lovey-dovey. It's just vampire romance. It's just why It's nothing happens. And it's like these kick-ass cinematic scenes mm-hmm. happen, actually. So, yeah, it's it's not just light, fluffy reading. Mm-mm. There's a lot of heart, there's a lot of soul, and there's a lot of absolute kicking butt. Yeah, and there's a lot of penises touching. <laughs> Speaking of penis touching... Mm. Just, I'm so so glad that Sydney has finally accepted the fact that she loves Adrian. Yes. It if it lasted any longer than this book, it would have been too much. It yeah, it was. I don't. It was a little irritating in this one, I will admit. I was getting a bit sick of Sydney going, oh no, we can't kiss anymore. You can't be together anymore. It goes against all my beliefs, blah, blah. And I'm like, I get that, I do. But at the same time, you've told other people that maybe you need to think, reconsider your belief systems or, so, you know, take your own medicine. And yeah, it just, it was going to be, it was getting too much for me. And then finally she relented. I was like, oh, thank God. Yes, thank goodness. I really but, like that Adrian, though, kept going, are you sure that you want me to leave you alone? Because you're the one who keeps bringing everything up and you kissed me. Like, are you sure about this? Like, okay, exactly. I'm going to do what you want. But I don't know that you know what you want. That's it. Adrian kept asking and looking for consent. He was not forceful at all. Mm-mm. He was needling at her, as in, are you sure? Like you, you said. Sure? Pretty are you sure? sure. But it's not as if he was pressurising her into doing anything that she didn't particularly want to do. Right. So Sydney was the instigator and probably the vast majority there was probably a couple where you know he was doing the lean or something like that so yeah but yeah she was definitely the instigator i on my phone as i was listening to the audiobook i made a note and it was just simply sydney is so fucking horny she is she's horny for adrian yes she was totally horny for adrian And it's like, no, Adrian, we can't be together. I'm a human. You're Mariah. It's but then forbidden. literally, comma, not even a full stop, comma, 
And then she's starting to have sexy thoughts about him. <laughs> you know? It's all in the same whole sentence. Yep. It's like, do you know what? Just bang. You need a bang. You need to bang him. Just bang him. It was really, really close to at least dream banging. Oh, I was so pissed off at Jill for waking her up. And then, oh my gosh, Jill's face. Because oh you know, God. you know, Adrian has woken up from his part of the spirit dream and he's like, damn. And then he starts thinking about it and then he's really passionate about what he's thinking about. And like, <laughs> Jill. You know, he's doing something about it. He's he's relieving the pressure. Yeah, he is. And Jill gets like the dead eyes because she's seeing it all happen. And then it's like, yikes, whoa. And then Sydney knows immediately. She's like, man, really seems like Jill's not even in the room with me right now. She must be having an Adrian vision. Oh, shit. <laughs> so funny. And oh gosh, Sydney was so she was so horny for him, and she was saying like, "What did she say?" I'm a quick study. Oh my! And then God, he kept yes. ragging her about it the whole rest of the time, like, "Oh, you're a quick study, huh? Oh, are you?" <laughs> so good. That was delightful, absolutely delightful. God, I, you know when she turns around just to to Adrian at this point and is like, "I can't." Jill sees all. She knows all. It's too much for us. Mm-hmm. I can understand J- Sydney saying, I need to back off with this. I, yeah. I can't take it. Because it's complete loss of privacy. I mean, I know it's from Adrian's point of view. It's yeah. Adrian's mind that Jill's dipping in. But it's through Adrian's eyes. Yeah. So, And Sydney is so private. She's so private. And Jill is so young. It's I can completely understand. So yeah, Jill, Adrian, please. You know you should have already started, but you need to build those walls. It's not yeah. appropriate. But you know, really, in the grand scheme of things, it hasn't been that long. It's only now Christmas time. It's like it's winter break at school, so they've only been there at school for a few months, and True. they took her away to Palm Springs. Right after sit or right after Adrian brought her back to life, so it's really hasn't been that long. It's been it's true six That's months true. less. True, but if you want to start doing the nasty with each other, you need to start putting other legwork in. Do you know what could be great? Blindfolding Adrian. <laughs> I mean, that has got its appeals. Because at least then she wouldn't be seeing what he's seeing. Yeah, but she'll be able to feel what he's feeling, which might be better, might be worse. Sydney would have to be completely quiet as well, which Mm. would be just odd. Yeah. She'd probably be into that, though, because she's so, you know. Oh, no. No, she's she's a screamer. No, she's a screamer. She's a screamer. If there's anybody who's gonna be very, very verbal, it's gonna be Sydney. Oh yeah. And she's she's gonna be she's gonna say things in like Latin. Yeah. You know? She's gonna she's gonna release her expanded vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. What else? Um, so much happened in this one. Yeah, it's trying to narrow it down. Like, okay, 
On the other end of the scale, Shriveling Witch. Oh, yes. Wow. Shriveling. Gonna get me a shriveling. Yeah. I adore that concept. Yeah. And I mean, I'm going to kind of jump ahead a little bit into the surprise because okay. this was mm-hmm. a surprise for me and it needs to be part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. But all the way through, I was like, so after we meet Alicia in the really freaky Victorian bed and breakfast, mm-hmm. if that wasn't red flag alone, Alicia is the other one, you know? And I just thought, no, she's she's being too accommodating. She's letting them look around the hotel, which for me is weird. Do you do it's, a hotels before Greenest yeah, Day? That's, no, that's, that's weird. weird. It's weird. Yeah. And then like, oh yeah, I'll tell you when your friend comes back. That's fine. No, no. No, you don't, don't do, do that. that. No, you don't do that in the service industry at Mm-mm. all. And then, yeah, it's just so many red flags over Alicia. And I was convinced that Veronica was... Alicia, that she'd stolen the youth so much that she'd aged down, but she could tell that Adrian and Sydney were who they were. Mm-hmm. Like could had also had some sort of knowledge who they were because mm-hmm. Ms. Twillard had accidentally linked up with her or some, something had happened yeah. magically. So she just slightly glamoured her own appearance. So I was convinced Alicia was Veronica. And then when it turned out, no, Veronica was teaching Alicia and then Alicia did a shriveling on Veronica. I was like, what? Whoa, right? That was a really good surprise. That was a so, yeah. super good twist. Yeah. So I'm, I'm linking that all together because it has to be. Yeah. But that entire thing, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. That was my surprise too. That was my surprise right. too. Yeah. So I did good. like as well that there were other girls who didn't like magic and were as unwilling as Sydney was. Right. But not alchemists. Right. Do you know something else that I like that we didn't super talk about a whole, whole lot? I really loved that everyone is afraid of Angeline. <laughs> because, you know, Sydney... Angeline! Sydney gets Trey to tutor... Angeline, but she asks other people first, and they're like, "No, I'm not." Like, do you remember? She punched that guy and threw a speaker. She punched a motivational band member and threw a speaker during a performance. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't want to teach her math. They're all scared for their lives, which is justifiable and understandable. It is. It is, and I love. I can't remember which friend it is. It's it's Julia or Kristen, one of one of those friends that's been around the whole time in the background. I think it was Kristen. And Sydney asks her and she's like, No, if I if I tell her something wrong or I like if I try to correct her, she's gonna stab me with a compass. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then it's it's even better later because, you know, Angeline is sitting like in the cafeteria practicing drawing circles freehand and she's like oh man those are bad circles maybe she does need a compass but then trey walks up and he's like hey you working on your curves and you're like (laughs) oh no oh they're doing it yeah to be fair as soon as as soon as sydney said to trey you need a tutor angeline you're like yeah they're gonna start banging 
Yeah, well, I mean, Trey had a crush on her at the mm-hmm. very beginning, and then he was like, oh, no, because I'm a warrior of light, and she's a Dompier, and we don't get along like that. But, mm-hmm. no, banging. But poor Eddie, Completely. man. Oh, he can't catch a brick, can no. he? No. But I'm, I'm kind of glad that Angeline thing with Eddie stopped. I didn't yeah, approve. I didn't like it. No, I didn't like that either. No. But, yeah, <laughs> just, I do like how everybody... And she tries to sneak Trey into the bedroom. I with mean, come Jill. On. She shares a room with Jill. What? That is not a Angeline good idea. Angeline is completely a no-law unto herself. Do you know, I get why she's there helping Jill. I do. You know, she's a very, very capable fighter. But that's about it. Like, she doesn't blend. She doesn't... She can't fabricate. She can't act. But she sti- it's also because nobody knows who she is. She's She was a dumpier who was not trained at St. Vladimir's. So nobody at court knows who she is at all. Because not yeah. a lot of people know about the keepers. So I mean, it, It's a useful unknown quantity. I get that. Yeah. But she just... Bless she's her. causing more problems than anything else. She's just comic relief. She is, and I, I I like that. But I also think it's not. It, I also feel sorry for Angeline because as a character, she's getting no development, and she is just there as comic relief. Like yeah. unless something happens, that is that is Angeline, and that is the Angeline from the series. Nothing more. Yeah, and that's, and that's not fair to her because there's more to that character if she had a if she has some more some training and in a couple of years time a bit more world experience because she has been living on a commune for her entire life yeah you know i think she'll be better she needs that maturity um but i don't think at the moment her character is being given enough justice no but it's only book three so maybe the comic relief will pass She'll do, she's going to do something absolutely spectacular. I think if anybody's going to... Like, Eddie needs to save Jill as well and keep Jill safe to be able to redeem himself. Yeah. So, you know, between Angeline and Eddie, they're going to keep Jill safe. Yeah. That's going to happen. Um, that's kind of a given consequence. It's just nothing... Something bad will happen to Jill, but she's going to live. Yeah. And Lissa will remain on the throne and the law will be overthrown, will be um, eradicated. So that's yeah. fine, I get yeah, that. Yeah. That's, that's given. But yeah, as a character, she needs to be given a little bit more justice. Yeah. Maybe that's the other story that she that Rochelle Mead was planning on writing. Maybe she's going to write about the Keepers. Maybe she's she going to write Angeline's story. Yes, but she also needs to write Wolves. Look, because... Wolves can be a standalone novella. Yeah, that I'm happy with that. Well, actually, I think it needs to be like a Penny Dreadful style because it's yes. just all these random stories of half truths, and there needs to be one where Wolf and Abe do something together, yes. like have some kind of adventure, and you don't realize it's Abe until the end. Yeah, that would be great. And then Wolf lifts up his eye patch and he has two complete eyes because he's been switching it back and forth. Everyone thinks of that he's switching it back and course. forth. He lifts up his eye patch at the end and he's like, what? The perfect yeah. ending. Yeah. God, I want that to happen. Yeah, that'd be really good. <laughs> 
what else? I feel like we we've barely even talked really about the alchemists and what's going on there. We haven't really talked wow. about that at all. I mean, to be fair, we've never particularly. I mean, I'm I'm generalizing here, but I'm saying we've never particularly liked the alchemists because you know the bred to be racist, right? Um, it's too too strict. It's more like a cult than anything else. Yeah, where the burn washed. Yeah. I'm glad Sydney's starting to realise and see the truth. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. But it's worse now that we have Zoe and we have this Neil character. Yeah. Who's an unknown quantity. Yeah, we don't at the school. We don't need more alchemists watching her because she is flouting everything that the alchemists believe in all over the place. She's an alchemist in near mournly. Right. I can't believe, though, Zoe has been indoctrinated because I thought it was only supposed to be one child. Yeah, so that whole thing already is is messed up. But her dad's, their dad's really weird. I mean, there was the older sister, too, at the beginning. And they're like, oh, well, no, because Keith raped her, so she doesn't... God, I wish- want anything to do with that and you know we haven't even heard from keith lately what's he doing in his uh re-education how's that going and re-education is that gonna pop back up again yeah that's kind of if sydney doesn't end up in re-education at some point i'm gonna be very surprised but it's not gonna stick it's not gonna stick she's too magically powerful i think it's gonna get to a stage she's where she's gonna be found out Probably while she's naked with the bits bashing against Adrian. Uh-huh, yeah, with with the penis touching. Mm-hmm. With the penis touching. She's going to go into re-education. It's not going to stick. She's probably going to rescue herself because Sydney is the kind of kick-ass girl who can rescue herself. Yeah. And she's going to use magic to do so. And yeah. the magic's not going to stick because the magic's going to override anything that the alchemists could try and pour into her through the tattoo. Yeah. Just don't get the indigo one. Just a don't, don't get that one. Um, do, do you know what I found weird? Um what? In the second one, when they're talking about Marcus mm-hmm. in the photograph, I got the impression that it was, say, like 10 years ago or something. I don't know. It was an older time. Mm-hmm. And then Marcus is in, but he's like, what, in his 20s of that? He seems fairly young because when he goes to the school, they're all like, oh, my God, he's he. He's so handsome. Oh, he's gorgeous. He's like, yeah, I'm a rock star or something. Yeah. And it's like, hang on, are you just young? Because if you look at the cover as well of the book, it's got Sydney, it's got Adrian, and then it's quite clearly Marcus because of the indigo facial tattoo monstrosity. And I'm like, that that felt wrong. I felt like Marcus should have been older. Yeah, I feel like like he's probably like 27 or 28. So he's, he's young enough looking... That he can go to a high school and people will think that he's hot. Mm. But he's obviously, I mean, they know he's a little bit older. But Yeah. So I feel like that's how old he is. But you know what I didn't like about the cover of this book? He is described constantly throughout this book as having long blonde hair. And this guy has like a crew cut. (sighs) Yeah, I'm not a massive fan of the... 
I don't like the bloodline covers. I don't. Mm. I don't like the guy that they got to be Adrian because that guy looks like a doofus. Yeah. He's not like sexily handsome. No, and I think sometimes the Sydney model they got her in a bad expression. Yeah, like her nostrils are bit, flared. She looks a bit constipated, or like she's just just doing. I can smell shit face. Yeah, she's got flared nostrils. It's not good. None of none of that is good. No, I'm not particularly keen. I mean, at least with the Vampire Academy books, I quite like the um, just the plain VA covers. Yeah, well, I mean, we've talked about the original covers for Vampire Academy before, <laughs> and that even Rochelle Mead doesn't know who they stuck on the cover of the books. Like, that doesn't look like anyone that I've ever written. I don't know who that is. No. And then the one that's the Buffy cover. Oh, God. Was it Bethany who did the side by side, or Brie who did the side by side? It was Bethany, I think. Yeah, yeah, terrible. Yeah, yikes. Um, do you? Oh, oh, favorite moment: Sydney getting all worked up over the car when it got its tire slashed. Yeah, it was like it hurt her soul. Yeah, yeah. Sydney eating pie. Yes. That was sweet, and the pie was sweet. And it, yes. and, and the entire time... Okay, I'm going to probably jump ahead again to Adrian as a favourite character. Obviously. Are, there you go. Thank you, because finally. Because he was a caretaker the entire time. Yeah. And that was really sweet. Yeah, he's fantastic. Don't play Monopoly in dreams. No. I feel like there's so much that we're not talking about just because so much happened. I know. What about Sydney breaking into the Alchemist facility, which is an archive, so it's a giant library full of really cool stuff, lots of information that she could get, and she just goes in and makes herself invisible and sets a fire and steals all the information and then is out. She's so capable, it's just... It's galling because I wish I was that capable. Yeah. But at the, at the same time, I'm a little disappointed that she only stole that information. She could have gone for a lot. Yeah. It's it's really funny, like how easily she was able to steal all that stuff. But you know, if you think about the alchemists, they think that everyone's controlled because of the yeah. tattoos. So you know, they don't really have anything to worry about. Like, at all. controlled. Yeah. They're a secret society, even though it's obvious because of face tattoos. Face tattoos. There is a secret society. And they're just so arrogant. Yeah. About their own capabilities and security that they... And don't think... Well, they will know that there's magic in the world. They're just not telling anybody about it. Right. But their own arrogance... Is their own downfall. Yeah. Yeah. They need to go. They do. They need the alchemists need to be disbanded, if only for the face tattoos. That needs it, to stop being a thing. Well, that's reason one, two, three, four, and five of my books. Yeah. Get rid and, of them. You know the desire to kill all the Maroi. Yeah, I, I mean, I that's feel like bad. the face tattoos are worse than that. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Primary reasons, face tattoos. Yeah. Secondary reason, genocide. 
More genocide. Why do we keep more talking genocide. about genocide? No more it genocide. Stop up. it. It's no more genocide. Everybody. No. Stop it. Stop with the genocide. I think now that we probably need to play Would You Rather. Because everyone knows yeah. who my favorite character is. I mean, it's a stupid question for this series. Don't even ask me that. It's Would You Rather time. It's Would You Rather time. <laughs> would you rather? Penis touching. That's what makes everyone... Here's the secret that no one knew until just right now. The pew 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 sound, it's made from penises touching. <laughs> or from Sydney touching a penis with her finger. Penis touching. Pew 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 pew. This is too much penises. What's our first would you rather question? I know, I can't. You're the one who keeps can't. saying penis. 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 I'm just catching up. Penis. I feel like I'm really going to need to edit a whole lot out of this episode, and the majority of what I'm going to have to edit out is penises. What's our first would you rather question? Oh my God, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> our, our first would you rather question asked on social media was, would you rather have a skeleton pirate motorcycle shirt or eagle sword monster truck shirt? There was lots more adjectives in the questions, but that's... Let's just boil it down to the to the essentials. Yeah. And really, I mean, there is a comment that we got on Instagram that just boils down my thoughts and feelings about this question. Mm-hmm. But I'll give you the statistics first. Okay. On Facebook, 100% for Skeleton Pirate. I'm not shocked. On Instagram, 86% for Skeleton Pirate, 14% for the Eagle. On Twitter, 75% for the Skeleton Pirate and 25% for the Eagle. And on TikTok, it was 67% for the Skeleton Pirate and 33% for the Eagle. We have thoughts and feelings we from do. our listeners. We do. We do. Oh my God, <laughs> L20 Kev. <laughs> How did he know? Oh shoot! I've just seen the. I've just read it. Oh my god! How did he know? Well, this is appropriate. Wow. L twenty Kev on Instagram says, "I'll always pick a willy over an eagle." <laughs> How did you know? Get out of our minds, man! Get out of our minds. That's wild had way too much of an impact growing up. So when I see a pirate, all I can think about is one-eyed Willy. This is really freaky. It really, really I made is. a replica Willy, pointed look to camera, <laughs> earlier this year to go with my other Goonie merchandise too. Can we see a picture of your replica Willy? I'm, Keep it clean, dude. I'm Keep glad it clean. you said replica, and I'm glad that you didn't just say, can we see a picture of your Willy? Because that invites no. a lot of terrifying dick pigs. Do not ask We're not into pics. that. Do not want dick pics. We're not into that. We're replica one-eyed willy from the Goonies. We're being very specific. Yikes. Crinoline Lefroy on Instagram says, Arr, me hearty pirate t-shirt to swashbuckle in for talk like a pirate day. Arr, yar. <laughs> it was a really good question to ask because the day that we posted this Would You Rather was actually International Talk Like a Pirate Day. 
I nearly lost my voice one international talk like a pirate day because I talked like a pirate at work and I was on a 12 hour shift and I didn't stop at all. Thankfully, I wasn't on taking customer calls that day. Well, because I still want to talk like a pirate because yeah. I had. Yeah. Brie Tart on Instagram says, Skeleton pirate looking fancy in their necktie while being lethal with their throwing stars seems a better option because I can ride along on a motorcycle when the shirt design inevitably comes to life. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Rebecca Garner, author on Instagram, says, Honestly, I think it's the skeleton parrot on the shoulder that sold it for me. Really, I mean, it's the skeleton... You, you gotta have the skeleton pirate. Yeah. Well, this next comment is the one that encapsulates, yes, my answer. That's almost exactly what I just said, too, on accident. Exactly. California underscore B on Instagram said, How is this even a question? Pirate, obviously. Obviously. Coral on Facebook says, have to go with the pirate skeleton riding a motorcycle. I mean, who wouldn't? That shirt would go with anything because of the necktie. (laughs) The necktie is really, it's what did it. I'm trying to remember this bit of the song and I can't. I just know the chorus. Constance Dightman on Instagram said, Skeleton Jack might catch you in the back and scream like a banshee, make you jump out of your skin. This is Halloween, everybody scream! Won't you please make your way for his very special guy? Our man Jack is king of the pumpkin patch. <laughs> Wrong theme. Don't care. Screw you guys. I'm going home. You can't go home. We're not done yet. <sighs> this is Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Everybody scream! That's the thing I keep singing all the time. <laughs> And I don't know what Constance's other song is. But she's clearly into the skeletons. Yes. Spooky, scary skeletons send shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul. Seal your doom tonight. I mean, it sounds like a good song. We'll have to Google it. (laughs) She's getting this entire conversation. Hi, Constance. Yeah. You need... I wish we were, like, doing this live so she could call in and sing, but... No, we're not. Andrew Gold, spooky, scary skeleton. I don't know. Dakota P. One two two eight on TikTok says, "If Adrian drew it, either is fine, but the pirate sounds awesome." Personally, P.S. We need it in the shop. <laughs> Dakota, you are on to something, friend. So, what are you doing? pirate ofs obviously it's the necktie the necktie is why i'm choosing the pirate i'm choosing the pirate because pirate ofs would you rather have this pirate and all of this ensemble on a t-shirt or as a tattoo (laughs) t-shirt right (laughs) tattoos are fine as long as they're not on your face right but I'm, I'm not a, a person. I think a tattoo would look stupid on me. So yeah, yeah. I feel like like I like the eagle with the monster truck and the samurai sword. I like that. Ironically, but the skeleton pirate on the motorcycle with the throwing stars and the necktie. I actually like that. 
unironically. Yeah. 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 All right. Next question. <laughs> I love how our answers are just like pirate. Pirate, duh. Duh. Would you rather get the indigo tattoo and be free from the alchemists and therefore be able to be with Adrian? Or stay with the golden lily tattoo and work from the inside? Stay with the golden lily tattoo and work from the inside purely because the gold is less obvious on the face than freaking indigo tattoo and regardless face tattoos face tattoos yeah Ugh. yeah Ugh. yeah Ugh. but i feel like the indigo as well like color on tattoos fade and when they fade they go this go like horrible colors as well mm. At least the gold's a metallic, so it's like yeah. if it's gonna fade, it's gonna fade to silver, which is still pretty. Yeah. Whereas indigo is gonna like you know it's gonna fade this horrible old color and it's yeah. gonna washed yeah. out and nasty. Plus, I means I can take down the alchemists from the inside, and then celebrate with Adrian with penis touching. Yes. Look, I'm skipping all of that. I'll take the indigo on the face if that me- if it means I get to penis touch with Adrian. Okay, so you're going for instant penis to touch gratification. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Next question. <laughs> Adrian gives you a pet name. Because he loves you. No. He wants to penis touch you. <laughs> Would you rather it be celery stick? Cupcake, honey pie, bread pudding, or sugar plum? <laughs> it's all high calorie, apart from celery stick. This is a tough one because mm. I'm not a, like, a fan of sweet, sugary pet names. I like my pet names to be silly. So I should obviously go with celery stick because that's the silliest option of all of these. But also bread pudding is really silly, kind of. Uh, bread pudding's awful. Not as a name, as a pet name, it's cute. But as an actual dessert, no. No, I'll let you off. I think just for the silliness factor, I'm going to go with celery stick. <laughs> cupcake is such a demeaning pet name. Yeah. Hey, Cupcake. I hate that. I hate it. Yeah, it sounds like flouncy. Yeah, it it sounds derogatory. Mm-hmm. Like some kind of like middle aged misogynist is going to call you a cupcake yeah. and then toots and then slap you on the behind and yeah. expect you to go and make them dinner. Yeah. Sugar plum. Kind of getting the same vibe. Sugar plum seems- sounds more like. Hey, sugar plum. It's like old. It sounds funny. It sounds old manny to me. Yeah. Yeah. I would never be mistaken for a celery stick. Like, neither in height nor girth. Honey pie? Hmm. I'm probably going to. I don't like bread pudding, but I'm probably going to go with bread pudding. Yeah. Because it's like, hang on, did you just call her bread pudding? Yeah. 
See, it's the silliness factor. The silliness yeah, is it's good. The silliness factor. Yeah. Okay. Well, you. Okay, I'm gonna go for bread pudding. Okay, I'll be celery stick and you'll be bread. Because it feels a bit British as well. It does. It does. So we'll go for that okay. aspect too. Okay. It it does sound exceptionally British. DM. Would you rather be hit in the face with razors oh. or an acid glob? Oh, fun times. Mm. Fun times. Mm. Getting serious alien vibes from the acid glob. Yeah. Yeah. This is a horrible question because I don't know what's what's worse or what's best. Which is this much of the same thing. Yeah. I'm gonna go with hitting the face with razors because it feels like it will be a quick slash. Yeah. You might feel the pain later, but you're not feeling yeah. the pain right now. It's gonna be itchy if they're just little nicks as well. It's gonna be really yeah. itchy when it starts hating. You know what paper yeah. cuts are like. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with razors, too. Also, because, I mean, I know that we haven't seen Alicia after she gets razor-faced. And Sydney seems to be fine after being acid-globbed. But also, I have a thought about that, too. And I can't remember, because I've only read the series once, I can't remember exactly what happens. But I feel like... Which side of the face did she get acid-globbed on? Because did she get magical acid-globbed on her tattoo mm. and is that going to affect it but i can't remember that's that. a very good point i don't remember it being said did that interfere with the tattoo yeah she'd already broken it by she'd that already point, broken though, really. it so you know it's anyway but that could have re- repercussions for potential re-education or re-application right she might not have to get indigo on her face if she's been acid globbed yeah anyway i'm gonna go with razor face less the the scarrings would be gentler as well right yeah you you know you could get some stitches and or you could just get adrian to heal no matter heal it whatever it is no matter what but Mm. i feel like it without adrian Without magical healing abilities, I feel like if you got hit in the face with acid, it would be like a a more violent a wound. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. razor face. I mean, it's bad, but you know, you could get stitches. You might not even need stitches because it could be a very like sharp, thin cut. So. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's less scarring involved with razor face. Also, was... I just want to keep saying razor face. Yeah, I just want you to keep saying razor face. Wasn't there a character in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 that was called razor face as well? It was taser face, mm. I think. Could and be taser face. I'm also thinking about um, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. There was a guy named Razor Fist. True. Yeah. That was a good movie. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Next question. <laughs> Last, <laughs> Last question. question. Adrian is not in the picture. I quit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, quit. I don't even want to answer no. this question. He's not in the picture at all. You have to. It's no. question five. What? Would you rather... No. Go on a date... 
with Ian or Marcus. Marcus, I want to play skee-ball. I want to go to the arcade. I want to do something fun. I feel like with Ian, it will be very stuffy and lame. And, like, he takes her to a seafood restaurant, and I don't want to eat seafood. I'm going to go. I want to go to an arcade with Marcus. He would judge your dessert choices as well. A little bit like beige guy. Yeah. Ooh, that would have been a better question. <laughs> would you rather go on a date with beige guy or with Ian? What's his name? Brandon. Brendan. Hayden. Hayden. Cool clear. <laughs> okay, so answer both of those. First, Ian or Marcus, and then Ian or Brayden. Hmm. Do you know, I think they will both be very toxically male, but in very different ways. Yeah. Probably Marcus, because I feel like if I told him to fuck off, he would actually fuck off. Yeah. Whereas Ian would be... Ian would turn into a creepy stalker. Ooh, yeah. Ian would tell your dad. Yeah. Ian, if you've seen um, Boyfriend Dungeon... Ian would be Eric from Boyfriend Dungeon, if you've seen the game. It's, yeah, creepy stalker who doesn't say no for an answer, Mm -mm. who thinks you've been on dates, Mm -mm. who leaves flowers on your doorstep Mm -mm. and does all that kind of reverse psychology shit with Mm -mm. you. No, I don't like that. He would be completely toxic. Whereas with Marcus, you could probably talk straight with him and Mm -hmm. he would listen a little bit more. Yeah, I don't like any of that. Okay, so now Ian or Brayden? Brayden. Because at least he might be judging my desserts, but I don't think he'd turn into that creepy stalker. Yeah. Although he is currently writing her sappy love poems, which we didn't even include that in the summary because Brayden oh is a non issue. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> yeah. But then, but then it wasn't even like that he was writing her sappy love poems. He was like, counting syllables and doing iambic pentameter and stuff like that yeah it's wonderful yeah i don't i don't want i don't like that but i don't want anything to do with ian because i just really Mm. feel like he would tell your dad everything if you're sydney i don't like it you can imagine a christmas dinner or like thanksgiving dinner or something you go around the table and he's just like sycophantic he's sycophantically penis touching yeah it's like do you want to just have sex with him? I mean, I'm fine. I'll step away. I'll go to the cinema. Yeah. I'll go and grab myself a coffee. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Ian mm. creep. Yeah. Blech. Okay. Favourite final thought quote? Uh, I have four. Ooh, okay. I only have three. I did have more, but I accidentally deleted my oh, saves no. on my oh, no. book again. Oh, no. I think we have um similar ones. <laughs> And I think that's really cute that we have similar ones. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think a couple of them are more, no, definitely one one serious one, and then three, like, for fun. Okay. <laughs> Go. So, my first one. This is my serious one. And can I also point out, I went Adrian-centric on these, just for you and for the listeners. <sighs> Adrian. Quote one. You're my flame in the dark. We chase away the shadows around each other. Adrian. Adrian. Second Adrian quote. We need to get inside. I think my hair gel's frozen. 
I love him so much. Because I've got a lot more terms of endearment to use, honey pie, sugar plum, bread pudding, why are they all high-calorie foods? Because <laughs> mm. you're sweet, Sydney. Mm. And my last quote. All the while, my mind reeled with what had happened. I have a hickey. I let Adrian Ivashkov give me a hickey. <laughs> hate the word hickey. Me too, I hate it so much. Oh, it's awful. It's gross, I don't like it. Mm -mm. What have you got? Okay. I only have for funs, really. Well, no, one. One's semi-serious. Okay. You make your own luck. Yeah. 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 That one's really important. And I actually like that came up in conversation this week. Like, Jacob actually said that, not related to this book at all. He said, you make your own luck. So I thought that was really sweet. I was only going on a tour of a library. What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) Well. (laughs) Well, well, friends. Okay. And then here's this one that I think is really cute that we picked very similar things. Do you want me to call you celery stick instead of cupcake or honey pie? It just doesn't inspire the same warm and fuzzy feelings. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <sighs> All right. If you liked this, try this. What do you have? Um, do you know, I feel like I'm, we've done loads of vampire recommendations. Gosh darn. And there's still so many more out there. Right. Gosh darn. But I went with a witchy one. So did I! Oh. Oh my gosh. Creepy. Now, I went with one that actually I've looked at a couple of times and I haven't read it yet, but I am interested in reading. So because I'm interested in reading it, you're getting it. And that's a collective you're. Yes. And it's called How to Hang a Witch by Adriana Mather. And the summary I got from Book Riot, not Boot Riot, Claire. I like, Riot. I like Boot Riot. Boot. Boot Riot. Does boot. Oh, what if the foot boot? <laughs> Salem, Massachusetts is the site of the infamous witch trials and the home of Samantha Mertha, recently transplanted from New York City. Sam and her stepmother are not exactly welcomed with opened arms. Sam is the descendant of Cotton Mather, one of the men responsible for those trials, and almost immediately she becomes the enemy of a group of girls who call themselves the Descendants. And guess who their ancestors were? If dealing with that weren't enough, Sam also comes face to face with real life, well, technically dead, ghost. A handsome, angry ghost who wants Sam to stop touching his stuff. But soon Sam discovers she is at the centre of a centuries-old curse affecting anyone with ties to the trials. Sam must come to terms with the ghost and find a way to work with the descendants to stop a deadly cycle that has been going on since the first accused witch was hanged. If any town should have learned its lesson, it's Salem. But history may be about to repeat itself. Ooh. I really like the sound of this one. It's, uh, I've looked at it a few times. Sounds fun. I like the title, like the title really drew me in. Yeah. How to Hang a Witch. Mm, instructional manual. Mm, yes. This is a non-fiction book. 
<laughs> it's in the reference section, don't you know? Hmm. <laughs> what is your recommendation? My recommendation is Beautiful Creatures by Cami Garcia and Margaret Stoll. And I also got this summary from Boot Riot. <laughs> Look, the books are fun. Don't watch the movie. I like the movie because it's crap. The movie was yikes. The book. It was, that's why I like it. The books were fun. Okay. Lena Duchesne is unlike anyone the small southern town of Gatlin has ever seen, and she's struggling to conceal her power and a curse that has haunted her family for generations. But even within the overgrown gardens, murky swamps, and crumbling graveyards of the Forgotten South, a secret cannot stay hidden forever. Ethan Waite, who has been counting the months until he can escape from Gatlin, is haunted by dreams of a beautiful girl he has never met. When Lena moves into the town's oldest and most infamous plantation, Ethan is inexplicably drawn to her and determined to uncover the connection between them. In a town with no surprises, one secret could change everything. <sighs> That's a fun series. I really like it because it's t like Ethan is telling the story. And that you know, everyone knows how much I like a male protagonist. Yeah, it's nice and different, isn't it? Just yeah. Also, because, like, he's just a regular guy. He's not a witch. He's just a regular dude. Mm. It's been a long, long, long time since I've read it. He's just a guy. It's a lot of fun. And the movie's rubbish, but I love it. I know. But the Vampire Academy movie's better. Yeah, it is. It really is. But I like that the main, I like, I like that Ethan in the movie is the guy who is Han Solo in yes. Solo. It's really, it's really cute. When, when, when I saw the Han Solo trailer for the first time, I went, it's Biggie from Beautiful Creatures. <laughs> He's Han Solo? <laughs> yeah, it works. Yeah. Do we have an indie spotlight this week? We do. We do. And I kind of tried... You know, we, we like tenuous links. Oh, the more tenuous, the better. Yeah. So I kind of tried to tie in my my witch recommendation with a little bit of something that happened in our book discussion today. And also, I tried to tie in Indie Spotlight a little bit, too. Can you spot the tenuous link? This one is called The Best Week That Never Happened by Dallas Woodburn. After her parents' bitter divorce, family vacations to the big island in Hawaii ceased. But across the miles, 18-year-old Tegan Rossi remains connected to local Kai Kapule, her best friend from childhood. Now, Tegan finds herself alone and confused about how she got to the big island. With no wallet, no cell phone, purse, or plane ticket, Tegan struggles to piece together what happened. She must have come to surprise visit Kai, right? As the teens grow even closer, Tegan pushes aside her worries and gets swept away in the vacation of her dreams. But each morning, Tegan startles awake from nightmares that become more difficult to ignore. Something is eerily amiss. Why is there a strange gap in her memory? Why can't she reach her parents or friends from home? And 
what's with the mysterious hourglass tattoo over her heart? Kai promises to help Tegan figure out what is going on, but the answers they find only lead to more questions. As the week unfolds, Tegan will experience the magic of first love, the hope of second chances, and the bittersweet joy and grief of being human. What's the tenuous link? Tattoo? And or first love? No! What? Nightmares, weird dreams. Uh, Well, there's another two tenuous links for you as well. I know. I mean, I thought about the tattoos as well. But there were no tattoos mentioned in the Beautiful Creatures summary. True. Uh, That's true. That is true. I forgot to include Beautiful Creatures in in thought. Yeah. We are getting quite a few indie recommendations through authors and, you know, the people behind them getting in touch with us. And it is great. It is really great. We really do appreciate people getting in touch and asking for us to highlight them on the show or discuss them on the show, whatever. You know, it's brilliant. So keep coming in with them. Yeah. I really feel like next year, I know we talked about doing a month, an Indie Spotlight month, but I really almost feel like we should do Indie Spotlight like like we're doing Vampire Academy this year. Yeah, I'm tempted to do it as a as our whole as our year, year yeah. Indie Spotlight one. We, we're getting so many good recommendations and it's so much fun and like we've made friends with some of these authors it's yeah i'm getting jobs from these authors like it's really cool okay so that's it for this episode of fictional hangover i'm amanda and i'm claire join us next time as we start season four which doesn't mean anything to you but it means something to us Year four of Fictional Hangover. We're going to discuss Coraline by Neil Gaiman, which is also really fun. Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite Fictional Hangover themed merchandise and become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember... The only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. The end of year three. The end of year three. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com. Follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover and on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no E-R. If you'd like this episode, check out our others and rate, review and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.